Welcome to Tomo's Race Chimwag, my Formula One podcast every single week, pre and post race. It lives live on the Tomo YouTube channel, but if you're hearing this, then you must be listening to the audio only version just for your cute little ears. If you enjoy the pod, drop a five star and leave a nice review. It would be much appreciated. Now let's crack on. And we are live for the first time in 2024. Welcome to my post-race chinwag. 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix roll intro. Sorry to everyone who's here live. Uh, yeah, a little bit late. Right? Just need to get everything sorted. And more importantly than getting all the graphics sorted, I need to get my hair sorted. Which, it's because it's like damp still a little bit from when I had a shower. It's like gone all matted and weird at the front, but there you go. Anyway, if you're audio only, doesn't matter, okay? If you're just listening with your ears and you're not looking at my face, right? Which I wouldn't blame you. Then you don't have to worry about my hair, okay? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but welcome, Amar, Ben, Owen, Bastian, Jerome, Matthew, Eamon, Vlad, uh, Nikolai, Noodlemeister, Knights, Cool Guy, The Racing Guy, Maximilian, Venom, Lane, Emilio, Suraj, Ambient Mike, Joshua, Leon, David, Finn, Camille, Gladiator, Izzy, Ryan, Salmon Racer, Finton, Kai, Farzad, Norbert, Static. Welcome to everyone who's here live on YouTube. Watching after the fact as well. Many of you do. Uh, can't catch these live. Different time zones, you know. All good. It's all good. I produced this to try and make it feel like a video. So I'm not doing too much. I'm in an Aryan, which you know, that is very difficult for me. Um, and I often don't achieve that, hence the um just then. But I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to get better with this. But yeah, thank you all for coming. Don't forget, and as Ambient Mike says, hit the like button. Okay, Hit the like button. Whether you're here live, whether you're here after the fact, whether you're listening, write five stars because it helps my ego. Um, but yeah, Bahrain Grand Prix. Let's talk about it, shall we? Let's talk about the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix. And we we'll want to start where we typically start with these. There's a few little things I've changed this year with the post-race chinwags, but I want to start with a poll. What did we rate the, the race out of 10? Now, give me some numbers in the live chat, please, just so I've got something to go off, because YouTube only gives us four poll answers. Okay, well, I mean, blimey, three of you put three. Uh, so, right, I'm going to put two or lower, a three, a four, or a five, or higher. Give me an idea. If everyone goes one side, I might do another poll with some extra numbers. Let's just gauge where everyone's feeling. Um, about the 2024 season opener in Bahrain. Uh, great track, great track, for sure. Big fan of Bahrain as a circuit. There's like, there's like three, there's like three legit overtaking opportunities really, isn't there? There's the turn 10 one that Fernando, um, Fernando popularized last year. Um, you've got obviously the end of the, the straight and then you've got the, the second DRS zone end of that as well, which is nice, which is nice, you know, it's nice to have few overtaken zones. Okay, I think this is a fair spread then. 9% um, of you are saying two or lower. 34% of you gave this a three out of 10. 36% are giving you this a four out of 10. About three or four, it's probably averaging it. Well, it's probably averaging out about four because 20% have given you have given it a five or higher. It's a good track. 
there were some interesting battles for sure. But at the end of the day, when the win is without question, it does take the it do, does take the edge off it, certainly, doesn't it? Of course it does. Of course it does. There's nothing quite like a fight for the win. You know, there were periods of that race where you looked at, you know, Checo relative to Carlos and you think if that's for the win, there's so many more eyeballs on it, you know. Because that gap was was steady, but Carlos at times was closing it and at times he wasn't, you know. So you lot probably, I mean, 35% of you have given it a three and 35% of you have given it a four. Slightly more, 21% giving it a five or higher. So it's edging towards a four. You're probably averaging out about a four. And... Well, for me, for me, the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix, I've given it a four as well, okay? So we're broadly on the same page here. We're broadly on the same page, which isn't always the case. It is not always the case. But yeah, very much on the same page. Four out of 10 for me. There were some good scraps. We had, you know, Carlos sending it on Charles. Obviously, Charles had his break issues, but that was, that was quite exciting. You had some good scraps. During the race, obviously, Russell getting past Leclerc as well. Part of it was because of Leclerc's issues. you got to wonder if Leclerc didn't have his brake issues, where it was pulling to one side because it was overheating on one side more so than the other. Uh, where he could have finished, could he have finished ahead of Checo? Perhaps, maybe. Um, but yeah, for me, that was, as a season opener as well, there's a bit more excitement going into it and there's a bit more unknown. I think if this was like a race in the middle of the year and the exact same race played out, it's probably more like a three, to be honest. But I think because it's the first race of the season, it gets a little bit more, there's a little bit more unknown, you know, especially those teams as well, those bottom five teams. Surprising order um, as things finished. But yeah, dominant race from Max Verstappen, 22 and a half seconds. Wasn't the biggest gap that he managed uh, last season. That was in... Hungry, wasn't it? Because that was in my quiz, which was like 35 seconds. So it could have been worse. And it's eight in a row as well, Sava. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Um, but here's how the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix finished. Max Verstappen won fastest lap as well. 26 points on the board. Checo, 22 and a half seconds back from Max, but still held on to P2 ahead of Carlos Sainz. Charles Leclerc, his brake issues did seem to remedy after a bit of time. Um, he finished behind Carlos. George P5 dropping back from P3, where he qualified. Very good qualifying from George Russell, for sure. Lando Norris P6. Hamilton 7, Piastri 8. Very little went on. I mean, Lando had a very boring race, didn't he? Um, himself. So, <clears throat> yeah, that wasn't ideal. Uh, Piastri could have maybe finished ahead of Hamilton, but McLaren didn't have a great pit stop. Wasn't ideal. Um, Fernando Alonso, Stroll, P9 and 10. Those top five teams look to have those top 10 positions pretty much on lock, given Stroll was spun around by Nico Hülkenberg. Turn one, still recovered to P10 in the end. Good drive, by the way, from him. Uh, Joe going UP11 was the, the closest not to be. Very good drive from Joe. K-Mag as well, P12 in a Haas. Kept their RBs behind, which obviously led to a little bit of drama, didn't it? Uh, which we'll get onto. Throwing the cat amongst the pigeons is old K-Mag. Uh, Ricardo 13. Sonoda 14. Again, we'll get into them too. Albon 15. He had issues with his wheel, didn't he? As did Logan. So Williams need to get on top of that. It's the first year 
forever that they've had the screen built into the wheel, Williams, and obviously they've, they're having some issues. Which, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of these teams, Alpine, I think they've had the same steering wheel since like Jolien Palmer was in the car. So, you know, there's going to there's gonna be some teething issues for Williams. It's just a shame they cropped up in the race. Apparently, Logan had the same issue in qualifying as well, which I didn't know. Uh, Hulkenberg, 16, again, he damaged his wing lap one, you know, qualified P10, what could have been, maybe from Nico. I think points would have been out of the question, but P11 for sure, surely was on for him. Ocon Gasly, the Alpines, we can't call them mid-peen anymore. They can no longer be called mid-peen because that's too generous. They are, well, we'll get into it, <laughs> bad-peen. Elpine, Elpine without the A. Um, Bottas P19. Him and his Bottas and Wheelnuts have a bad relationship. Remember Monaco when he was at um, when he was at Mercedes and the pit stop took a day and a half or whatever it was to get the wheel off. Cross threaded happened. Similar thing happened. Obviously, it didn't take a day and a half. It took like 52 seconds, but that put him right at the back. And then Sergeant again, his wheel. Uh, ended up just changing his brake bias randomly or something, uh, which is very sketchy. That's that is dangerous. That is legit dangerous. Like, <laughs> yeah, just basically chucking on brake magic for just no reason. But yeah, Williams teething problems there. So, what does that mean for the driver standings? Well, positions should all be the same. They are the same, aren't they? Yeah, they are the same. Um, I haven't messed up the graphics this time. Hopefully. Cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, so that, that's where everyone sits. We already know because it's the first race, so it's exactly the same. Team standings, though. Team standings. Haas P7, Alpine P10. Haas could well have been and possibly were the sixth quickest car. Which is... That's mad. Like... <laughs> that's mad. Um, yeah, Alpine nowhere. Williams... Probably had more pace if there wasn't the issues with the wheels, certainly for Logan and, and for Alex as well. Alex was having to, to cool the car as well. Uh, that Mercedes power unit was struggling. Um, you got to think what could have been for them. Again, racing balls tripping over each other. Oh, no, I have messed up the graphic. <laughs> Zero F24. It's fine. No one actually... You don't actually care, do you? Surely. <laughs> Uh, you've got McLaren behind Mercedes. They seem pretty close, didn't they? And then Ferrari. Good little gap again without those issues. Maybe Leclerc's on for a P2. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hard to say. Actually, what I will do um, is... Oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that when we go uh, onto this section, which is all the teams. But we're not doing that just yet. We'll start with, we'll start with Alpine on that one. Absolute stinker. Okay. Excellent. Right. Cool. So, bangers and clangers. The blank, 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 blangers, blangers. Wow. Bangers and clangers time for the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix. So, banger drive, clanger drive, banger team, clanger team. We're going to start with banger drive. It's Max Verstappen. Obviously. Like, look. There's times when Max's greatness gets overlooked because it's so, oh, it's just Max winning again. 
the season opener as well. Like the season to put 22 and a half seconds on your teammate. Didn't put a foot wrong. Qualified on pole. Led every lap. Max Verstappen made it look easy. And that in itself, when he, he's making it look so easy, this is eight wins in a row now, it just, come on. And he wasn't the only one, don't get me wrong, he was not the only driver um, who had a great result. I think Joe had a really good drive. I think uh, Stroll had a really good drive as well to recover from the spin, to come back through. Science, of course, getting, uh, getting ahead of Shaw. Yes, Shaw had the issues, but Science got the move done. And he knows, yeah, that's a driver driving for his uh, future, right? To put himself in the shot window. It was a great result for him. Um, but it's Max. It's it's just, it's to make it look so easy, to make it look so easy, is just incredibly impressive. But what about Klanger Drive? Now, difficult one, this, because quite a few drivers had issues that cur curtailed their performance. So Logan was last, but his steering wheel just decided to chuck loads of brake balance on and, and he had to stop and whatever. Bottas was 19th, but also he had a 52-second pit stop. Uh, Lewis's car and George's car, they were both overheating. Uh, Charles had his brake issues. And Lewis had a crack in his seat as well. A lot of drivers had issues, okay, that affected their performance. And you can't put it on them for those issues. However, there was one driver that to me really did blow a really good opportunity. Not necessarily to get points, but they did such a good job in qualifying, made a clumsy mistake, and I know it's turn one, lap one, but I've gone Nico Hulkenberg, because he's the only driver I, I could see, and like he's made a mistake there. He's, he's made a clear and obvious mistake. He's broken his front wing. And what could have been, what probably should have been a P11 finish, probably has to be Klanger Drive. Yes, Hulkenberg was hit by Bottas, but that was after the contact with Stroll. He went into Stroll, then obviously he slammed the brakes on and then Bottas went at the back of Hulkenberg, which then broke Bottas's front wing end plate. For me, it's, it's, it's majority on Hulkenberg. I would still probably chalk that up as just a racing incident, I'm not like, oh, he deserves a penalty, but he did make an error in judgment and went into the back of Stroll. Spun Strolled out and, uh, you know, P16 in the end probably should have been a P11, I think. In my opinion. Opinion. So, what about Banger Team? Banger Team. There are many, many, many suggestions for Banger Team. You know, Ferrari pretty good in the end even though they did give Charles a car with dodgy front brakes um Sauber getting Joe up there but then they had a stinker pit stop for Bottas Red Bull obviously gave Max the car that he could dominate and make it look easy and Checo got a P2 as well but I have not gone for what I can see a lot of people have going for in live chat I've not gone with Red Bull. My banger team from the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix is Haas. Hate me. Go, go on. Go on. Go on. Go at me. Have a pop at me. Go on. Do it. <laughs> Haas 
were, I think, the sixth quickest car this weekend. Think where has they finished last last year? Everyone wrote them off, including myself. They just te- they did long runs in testing. Didn't give a damn about one lap pace. Hulkenberg puts it P6 in Q2, qualifies P10, gets to Q3. Magnussen holds off the racing balls. Everyone's putting the racing balls, including myself, ahead of the Haas, miles ahead of the Haas. He holds on to P12. Hulkenberg would have been P11 if he didn't make a mistake. The team didn't make that mistake. He made the mistake. They gave him good pit stops. It's Haas. It's Haas. Listen. It's Haas. Their their step up, their, their improvement in race pace, exceptional. Exceptional. Listen, you might you might think it's Red Bull, but look, how much of this do you chalk up to the team or to the drivers? But Red Bull still are unable to give Checo the car he needs to be. He's 22 and a half seconds behind his teammate. Now, I'm sure plenty of you will be like, well, that's just Checo's, because Checo's rubbish. But that's not true, is it? Like, Checo's not rubbish. He's proven over the course of his career that he's not this washed, terrible driver. Yet he's 22 and a half seconds behind his teammate. Now, the priority, of course, Red Bull is to make sure Max is comfortable and good. But when you're 22 and a half seconds behind your teammate, that isn't all because, oh, just Checo's worse than Max. Come on, come on, come on. That's the only criticism I can... Red Bull cannot deliver a car that both drivers can... that both drivers can extract their potential ceiling performance ceiling from. They're clearly not. They're clearly not delivering that car that both drivers can. And yes, Max is the demon. Don't get me wrong. Of course he is. But Czech, this is Checo's fourth season at that team now. And it is mad to me that he's still this far off. And I don't believe that is just. Of course, Checo's not as good as Max. But that's not just. That's not the only reason. That's not the only 100% reason. It's not. It's not. And for him to be this far off still, I think the team have to take some responsibility for that. Not even the majority of the responsibility, but some. Haas have gone from worst team at the end of last year. Everyone's written them off. And they were sixth quickest. Sixth quickest. For me, that's banger. That's a banger for Haas. We can agree to disagree. (laughs) So, Clanger team, finally... And it's Red. I'm not giving it to Red Bull. I'm joking. I'm joking. Calm down. <laughs> Second to Red Bull. No, I'm joking. It's not Red Bull. The Clanger team. It's it's Alpine, isn't it? <laughs> of course, it's Alpine. Uh, I did consider. I did consider Williams for this. To be honest, just because they. Like you, you've had both drivers with their steering wheels completely messing up, which is a huge stinker. Albon should have been further ahead than he was, probably. 
and Sargent finished stone dead last. So I was thinking about Williams. Racing balls, they managed it terribly. Of course, the situation with Yuki and Daniel, which we'll get into. But for me, of course it's Alpine, come on. Shock, shock. Alonso, Oscar, Otmar, uh, who else? A beatable, Bukowski. Like, all of these people are just, they're, they're eating good, you know? They're eating good. They are eating good, no question. <clears throat> so, those are my bangers and clangers, my somewhat unpopular, but in some ways popular, uh, bangers and clangers. What about yours, okay? Okay, put your buddy where your mouth is, right? Well, let's start with Banger Drive. And you lot have gone, Carlos Science. 59% of the votes. 59% for Carlos. 13, sorry, not 13. 19 for Verstappen. 19% of the vote. 8% Joe Guanyu. Very good drive from Joe. Uh, no issues, fortunately, on his pit stops, which, uh, which affected Bottas, but a really good drive, really good drive from Joe Guanyu, which is he needs these drives. Joe needs to keep on putting himself in the top four for a banger because otherwise he's long gone. 7% Stroll, 7% Lance Stroll, and a really like really good. I'm I'm surprised Stroll was actually behind Joe, um, considering Stroll recovered from that spin, wasn't even lapped by Max, which is I mean that's that's a that's a wild thing to give credit for, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, banger drive, 59% of the vote you've given it's Carlos Sainz, and you know what? Fair play, he's driving for his future. Uh, there's a there's a lot of I say Joe, I say science. Obviously, science is going to get a seat somewhere. Of course he is. Joe is far, far from guaranteed. Um, so it's a more valuable drive. More valuable drive um, for Joe. See, I'm, I'm seeing Joe's doing loads of sponsor stuff as well. Um, which, you know, is important for him to retain his seat in the future for sure because that's a huge part of it, right? Uh, but yeah, 59% of you gave it to Carlos Science. Clanger drive... 27% of you go Logan Sargent, which, look, again, I, I'm when I'm looking at bangers and clangers, it's like the individual's performance. Sargent was doing a pretty good job, I thought. He did mess up qualifying, for sure. He should have got into Q2. So I, I, I dock him points for that, because he messed up his, his second lap. Um, in the race, he was doing all right until he had the issue. So... I think that's a bit harsh on harsh on harsh on sergeant, harsh on harsh on sergeant, harsh on sergeant. Say that ten times really quickly. Harsh on sergeant, harsh on sergeant, harsh. Seventeen percent Holkenberg, thirteen percent Bottas, Clanger drive. Well, again, Clanger pit stop, wasn't it? Eight percent Leclerc. He did drop. Obviously, he did have these brake issues, which undoubtedly did I mean turn 10 every single time he was locking up or going wide or both I might savour I might not be hard for you but I'm not quite the, the lexicon that you are okay uh, so yeah that, that's what I mean of, of those four like three of them had issues that weren't really their fault so it had to be Hulkenberg for me in terms of clanger instead of sergeant um, yeah and Logan got past Danny Rick as well didn't he yeah Grugs it's a good shout as well I forgot about that he did pass Danny Rick um, towards the start of the race. So that car clearly had, so he had confidence in that car and it had good pace. And then the wheel just decided to uh, 
go up, go up the creek without a paddle, you know. Okay, banger team, shock, 85% have gone Red Bull, 7% Ferrari, 4% Haas. There's 4% of you who understand, who get it, okay? 4% of you, it's fine. You're there. I see you. I see the 4% of you who voted Haas for banger team. I see you, all right? We get each other. We understand one another. 3% McLaren. I don't know how you keep McLaren back. I mean, typically they stink at Bahrain, to be fair. So, both in the points, not bad. But um, no points banger. You don't need points to have a banger noodle, Mercy. You don't. You just don't, you know. Up the 4%. And finally, Clanger team. No surprise. Alpine, 71% of the vote. 16% for Racing Bulls. 4% for Williams. I'm surprised Williams didn't have more, to be honest. Um, I know Racing Bulls had drama, but I think Williams had a, a bigger clang. Uh, and Williams' pace was probably better than the Racing Bulls, though, to be fair. So, if anything, I've been a bit just... Ah, okay, I, I, actually, you know what? I, 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 I hear it. I hear it, Racing Bulls, being down there. But it's just the way it goes. Um... So, so shall we? Shall we look? Shall shall we look? I really can't talk today. There's something going. No, something going on. I'm yapping, and I've been. I'm yapping. All right, let's go team by team then. Let's have a look at everyone. Starting with the Alpine F1 team. Oh God, we knew it'd be bad. We thought it'd be bad. They claimed it would be bad. They set expectations low, but. It's a yoke, isn't it? It's a bit of a yoke. Like, oh man. It's so bad. This is so bad. Like, I don't get it. You know, their engine is down on, on power, which is a problem they're going to suffer for the rest of this season and all of next season. They've got a hope that the team in Viri uh, pulling their weight and going to deliver a decent engine in 26. You've had super high turnover of team principles, which is never a good sign. You look at the consistency of a, um, and I know there's a lot of news obviously around Christian Horner at the minute, but you look at the consistency of having just one team principle over those years. And look, Red Bull, uh, Red Bull killing it at the minute. You've had... You've had Beatable, Bukowski, Safnau, and now you've got Fama in charge, and now they're worse than ever. This 100 race plan, ha, good one. You've had Harmon and De Beer. So Harmon was CTO, wasn't he? Chief Technical Officer, and De Beer was head of aero. They've both um, handed their notices in, they've, they've both resigned. I know De Beer because he was on. When I was did my last F1 manager proper save, I hired De Beer because he had a really good rating in the game. Um, Ocon thinks he's back at Manor. Oh, Ben. Ouch. Oh, I don't... It's hard to see the... How they turn this around anytime soon, truly. I mean, you look, Haas have taken a step up, clearly. I think racing balls, they'll just continue to get better. Sauber had a good result with Joe. Like, this is not good. This is like, could I see them stone dead last by the end of the season? 
absolutely especially how competitive those top five teams are or how how much of a stranglehold those top five teams have on those top five positions do i see alpine getting a point anytime soon but i'm not being funny they got three podiums last year ocon got one in monaco gasly got one in zanvor and one in spa at the sprint it's it's crazy it's crazy i don't know i i think that i've talked about you know do I think long-term this team, do I think this is an opportunity for them to sell up Endstone to an, to an Andretti who, who could take on that facility and move their whole operation to Viri and just like start afresh? Because honestly, right now, like there is very little point in them doing anything crazy because they're, they're last now. They're the slowest car right now. And they're going to be probably the slowest car by the end of the year. And they're probably going to be one of the slowest cars next year. Because again, their power unit is inherently back. So just set the team up fully in Viri. And just take this as an opportunity to restart. I don't, I don't think having this like French-English split is, is helping the team at all. Sell the Endstone facility to Andretti. And just just move move on and just try something different because it's just like it's so depressing. I mean, Fernando Alonso, thank thank God for him that he left. Imagine if he'd stuck around. It's been like McLaren all over again, like the return to McLaren. Ah, oh, thank you, Leslie, for the super chat. All that carbon yet, they're still terrible. Shock him. Shock him. Uh, there's literally nothing more to say about Alpine. It's just, it, it's crisis. It's crisis stations at Alpine. They might as well just paint the whole car because they're going to be last anyway, mightn't they? And Oscar, yeah, exactly. Ninja. Oscar? Whew. Damn. But again, another argument for Otmar to get involved with Andretti because he literally works at that Enstone plant. Sell the plant to Enstone. Otmar goes to Andretti, team principals that team, at Enstone, where he used to work. Like, come on. Oh, Alpine, Alpine, how you disappoint. Williams, look, again, teething problems for sure, but the car did seem to have pace. Alex seemed quite happy with the car, without the issues, obviously. <laughs> minus the issues, minus the, the steering wheel just doing its own thing. So I think Williams are probably in a quite a good place. I think they'll be fighting for cusp of the points most weeks without those these teething problems. And again, Sergeant, Sergeant, I oh, just come on, Logan. Like I think Saudi last year, Saudi last year was the one time he technically didn't, but should have really outqualified Alex because he just went over that white line. And car too hot as well. That was a that was interesting. It was really interesting. Like, those helmet cams. Where there's so much clearer now, you could really clearly see car too hot. Obviously, having to come out of the uh, not enough cooling louvres potentially, which is the issue Mercedes had. Um, too much of a coincidence that both Mercedes PUs as well. Um, Alex did what he could; wasn't great in the end. Logan needs to iron out these mistakes. Shouldn't have met, like should have got to Q2. Really, he should have got to Q2. And then in the race, I mean, it's just out of his control, but when it rains, it pours, isn't it? 
Thank you, uh, Chop, for the super chat, by the way. Thoughts on TV coverage? Felt like they showed a lot of the on-track action, but they didn't even put pit stop times. I noticed that as well. Yeah, that was weird. That was very weird, Chup, from Singapore. Shout out, thank you for the super chat. Yeah, the, the lack of pit stop times was annoying. At the start, anyway, they did have them towards the end. Um, but at the start, they didn't quite, they didn't quite, did they? Um, yeah, I mean, the TV coverage was all right. It was, uh, there was a few battles that they weren't showing, like towards the back. That you could see the timings were different. I think Albon and Ocon. I, I remember seeing Albon and Ocon like swapping positions and being like, why aren't we seeing that? We were seeing a replay of something that had happened up the front. And I get that's more appealing and interesting, but I want to see as many of these overtakes as possible. I don't want to be seeing loads of these overtakes after the fact on YouTube, you know. But yeah, I think, uh, I think Williams are on a good path. Not a great first race, but I think they're in... A pretty decent place, all things considered. Okay. Racing balls. Now, Yuki was having and really did have a better weekend than Ricardo. He outqualified him in both Q1 and Q2. Seemed to be more... <laughs> See, justice for Yuki followed by shocking from Yuki. Yeah, there are a couple of ways of, of looking at this. So, Yuki was having the, certainly having the stronger weekend. He was ahead in the race. Strategy-wise, Yuki feels like, you know, he, he was running close to Joe um, at one stage. Basically, kind of transpired. Racing Bulls, they kind of bottled the strategy on, on Yuki's side, which then led the end of the race to be Yuki on hard tyres, Daniel on softs. Yuki's right behind K-Mag. Daniel's on fresh softs uh, that he kept. So Daniel, in theory, would have had more pace. And the idea is that you swap positions, Daniel then attacks K-Mag, gets the position done. You know, you get a higher finish for your team. Daniel would have got P12, Yuki P14. That was the, that was the plan from the team side, and that's obviously what Ricardo... Uh, was pushing for. Uh, Yuki got the call. He didn't move over straight away. He took like a whole lap, I think it was. I think it was a lap. It was at least a lap to actually then move over. He wasn't happy when the call was made. Moved over. Ricardo goes in front. Yuki slots in behind Ricardo. Then obviously Yuki's like, Daniel needs to speed up because Yuki's wound up. He's annoyed. Ricardo's not getting the move done on Magnussen. Ricardo's obviously like, well... The extra time I spent behind Yuki, I lost that advantage that you get from the soft tyres. Blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, Ricardo doesn't get the move done. And they finish 13 and 14. And Yuki wasn't too happy about it, was it? Now, if you haven't seen, I can and I will show you if you're watching this on YouTube. Sorry to audio-only um, people. But I will do my best to hang on if I just I don't know why my volume's on max. Um, right, so screen share up Twitter at Tormai for one Tomo's Racing Goods t shirt. What I'm wearing right now up there, Bosh. Get on, get, get to know. Also, I've been doing my little qualifying head to heads um, pace comparison 
which I'm going to keep track of this year. This is quite funny as well. Max versus F1 Twitter. This is Soborzlai, um, some fan who's having a pop at him. I thought this was really funny. Uh, yeah, I think it should be do better than one. I, I think that's really good. Anyway, right. So let's. Um, so this is Yuki's POV. Okay, if you haven't seen it, okay, this is Yuki's point of view. I'll try and move this around so I don't get like. F1 doesn't banhammer me. Um, might have to cut this back post. So he launches it up the inside of Ricardo. Th again, this is on the the race is over. Okay, the race is done. So he launches it up the inside of Ricardo into whatever turn this is. It's after those little S's, right? And then like it's weird because he like he launches it in, locks up, right? Okay. So so that that in itself. It looks a little bit. Uh, it's a bit weird. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I, you don't need the volume. Um, but whatever. But it, it's more for me. It's more actually this bit here. So, one, two, three. He has three snaps, and comes. I mean, look at how close he is to Ricardo. He has three snaps as well. One, two, three. Like. He could quite easily have just put it into the side of Daniel here. Now, look, I internet lad, you're what you've just written unacceptable from Yuki, but he had every right to be pissed, and I agree. I I completely understand why Yuki was annoyed. He felt he was given a. You know, he was let down on strategy. He was quicker than Ricardo all weekend. And then he's been asked to let him pass to take a position that isn't even for points. Now, of course, right? As a team, you don't know. The top five could randomly break down. And all of a sudden, you've made a decision. You know, you've not made a decision based off we're not going to get points. And then all of a sudden, oh, we could have actually got points. But because you can't affect what happens at the front. So you, I, I, I get it. I get the team want to prioritise the outcome, right? And prioritise where you're all going to finish. <sighs> I just, like, it is, it is, that, that reaction from, from Yuki, like, is not, is not it. Like, that reaction from him is not what other teams, if you're looking at Yuki Tsunoda as a potential driver, like this kind of head loss and that kind of reaction to to me if i'm another team and i'm looking at yuki as a potential and again you know you you know full well how much i defend yuki how much i believe in yuki how much i've been rough diamonding him since day dot right and i think he's incredibly talented i think he had a better race weekend than daniel ricardo which is massive right but acting like this, you can only really get away with that if you're, like, exceptional. Like, think about, you know, when v Vettel drove into the side of Hamilton at Baku. Like, that kind of petulance, right? Yuki wasn't a mile off doing that. He wasn't... And the thing is, right, if he, if, if he loses it on one of those three times where he almost lost it, if he loses it and puts it into the side of Ricardo, like, I all... If that was to happen, I wouldn't put it past Red Bull to just be like, right, you're out, Lawson in for next race. That's it. Like, 
Yuki cannot react like this. He has to, like, th that's that's not gonna, for him, right? This is for, for his best interest to guarantee his future in Formula One. You know Lawson's coming into that seat. If he wants the Aston Martin drive, right? Honda backed all this. He can't be doing stuff like this. He can't be reacting that way. I understand he's annoyed. I agree he is right to be annoyed. But you can't react like that. Because that just demonstrates a head loss that... You just... It's, it's, it's just not it. And, and, and I'm disappointed, honestly. Like, it's disappointing because I'm... You know I'm a huge Yuki fan. And he can't, he can't be doing this. He, he needs to, like... Look back on this and be like, right, I'm I messed up here. Like, I th I'm right to be aggrieved, but you don't do that. You don't do that. You don't do that. Right? That's that's just that's just foolishness. And he could have again. He almost he, he's he's on opposite lock three times. And this is on the cool down lap next to your teammate. It's just foolishness. So, yes. I've seen a lot of people be slamming Yuki. I've seen a lot of people slamming Daniel. I don't really get why people are, are slamming Daniel. Like, I don't really understand. Like, I know, you know, there's the post-race. Daniel was like, oh, it's immature from Yuki. I mean, his reaction was very immature. Like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to say. Like, it clearly was. His reaction was immature. Daniel, Daniel's good at, got to prioritise himself. And if the team are like, right, let... Ricardo was on the stronger tyre. I understand the theory of the team doing that. But ultimately, I don't think Ricardo had enough of a delta to justify swapping them, in my opinion. But that's a bit of a grey area, right? You can, you can justify that one way or the other. But, I mean, it was an immature reaction from Sonoda. Like, it just was. Like, objectively, it was. So, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people slamming Ricardo. I mean, Sonoda's, in the, like, Sonoda's reaction. If he doesn't react like this, then I think, you know, everyone's going to be looking at it and be like, yeah, Yuki got shafted here. It wasn't fair. And I do think he got shafted a bit by the team. But don't react like that, Yuki. Because that's not going to help your... That's really not going to help your ambitions to stay in F1 long term no matter how good you are on track because if you're going to act like that you need to be an exceptional undisputable talent to get away with it you know should have given the position back and you know what I, Indrek I, I agree I think I think if you're going to do that and you're going to let Ricardo pass I think they should have swapped them back just out of principle and I agree with that. And I, and I think Yuki had a right to be annoyed about that as well. Right? I don't begrudge Yuki for being frustrated. I agree with the frustration. I just don't agree with the, re the reaction. Simple. Simple. And yeah, for sure. No amount of talent should justify it. No question, right? But you can get away with that kind of petulance. You can get away with it if you're like, all right, look, I'm, I'm exceptional. And I'm a bit. I'm gonna do this stuff sometimes, but I'm exceptional, so you accept it. But if Yuki wants to guarantee his future, this ain't it. Thank you, Zik, um, for the super chat. By the way, I must say, for me, Haas finishing twelfth and sixteenth after last season 
S Storm is mad respectable, banger team of the race. Sorry if you already talked about it. Lord Uzik. Lord Uzik gets me. I've already given Hass Banger and everyone will go at me, Uzik. Why weren't you here earlier to defend me? They should have actually been 11th and 13th, really, if Hulkenberg didn't mess up himself, which wasn't on the team. And if if Hulk, if Hass finished 11th and 13th, way more of you are giving them Banger team. You just are, okay? And that's what really should have happened. But anyway. <clears throat> right, cool. Okay. Next team. <laughs> Next team. Let's, 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 we'll talk about Haas now. We'll talk about Haas. Them getting to Q3, Hulkenberg getting to Q3 happens, was it seven or eight times last year he got into Q3 in like normal quality sessions? So a Haas getting into Q3 is not a massive surprise. Yeah, Hulk did a good job. K-Mag should have been closer. He was very disappointed. He should have got to Q2 given the pace in the car. But come on, like... It's just... It's just... Very, very, very impressive. The turnaround seems to have... You know, how much of this is Komatsu instead of Steiner being in charge, realistically, like Komatsu's not been in charge very long, but he's been a part of this team for a while, and he, you know, do they tackle, um, do they tackle testing differently with Steiner in charge? Probably. How differently? Would they have a massively different result for this first race? Probably not a massively different result. But then today, they've got on top of the tyre issues, as Ferrari seem to have as well. And the potential of that racing car is all of a sudden starting to come out. Now, will they get many points this year? Doesn't seem so, because it seems that top 10, they don't have reliability issues and don't crash into each other. Then the top five teams, the top 10 drivers, pretty much on lock, but very impressive. I think Haas, oh yeah, K-Mag did get Q2, sorry. I forgot about that. Kama got Q2, but then he was like, well, what was the, call it my head he was 0.678 off of Magnussen, sorry, off of Hulkenberg in uh, Q2 was Magnussen, which obviously isn't good enough, and he made a mistake, and he put his hands up after. But yeah, Haas, kind of quicker than RB, seemingly, racing balls. Yeah, man. It's good. Positive. Komatsu, well done. Steiner was knocking about, wasn't he, this weekend? He was doing media for German TV. Wasn't he on with... Um, I saw on Twitter someone say that he was on with Ralph Schumacher. And obviously him and Ralph don't have the best relationship because of Mick. Someone at the door. Hannah's been ordering stuff from Amazon. Right, come here, mate. Oh. Here you go. Well, I, cl I clicked the insert ad button, so who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, here's Minton. Here's Minton, his highness, who's here. Sorry again to everyone who's uh, audio only. You're not getting the uh, Minton experience, but never mind. <clears throat> my mic is off. It, my mic is not off, Galaxy. Stop. Stop being mischievous. Thank you, Gladiator, for the super chat as well. Tomo, you missed my other super chat, really? It's not showing me a... Is it here? Oh, yeah, it is there. That's so weird. 
Sorry, Gladiator, for missing your super chat. Um, thank you very much. Very kind of you. TSU's behaviour, TSU, Sonoda's behaviour on the lap, on, in lap was reckless and irresponsible. Be mad at the team, but Ricardo did nothing wrong. True. Ricardo didn't do anything wrong. At the end of the day, like, he's prioritising himself. And the team were like, swap positions. It wasn't like Ricardo was... Well, you, even when a driver, like, you get that all the time, right? And driver bangs on about being, oh, let me pass, like... They all do it, so whatever. Uh, Sonoda caused a problem in, by delaying Ricardo and he had two laps to get magged because of Sonoda's tantrum. Yeah, I mean, look, Sonoda, Daniel was very much, we talked about this like before the race, so who actually knows, right? If this was, if this was actually talked about specifically, oh, Daniel's probably going to have a stronger tyre at the end. But then obviously Sonoda was so close to Magnussen, it was like, it's difficult. And he did let him pass in the end. He didn't fully ignore the team order, but the delay didn't really help, did it? Yeah, thank you, Gladiator, for the super chat. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Right. <clears throat> Next team, we have our Salba, actually, which, by the way, that green livery absolutely slaps on camera. Love it. Love it. Not going to lie. Don't love the sponsor at all, but um, the, the livery on the screen, Bosch, Lovely jubbly, very good. Um, yeah, good race from Joe Bottas. Long pit stop. I don't not really got much more to say. Both out in Q one, um, which is a bit concerning. One that pace wasn't really there. Joe had a massive moment, final corner, and was only one one thousandth behind Bottas. So about that mistake, he's probably out qualifying Valtteri, but he's probably still not getting out of Q one. Um, now nah, I think this this car looks great on TV. This car looks spot on on telly, I reckon. I'm very happy with that. Um, but yeah, Bottas unlucky. Yeah, he got a really good start, didn't he? No, he did get a really good start, did Valtteri, but got caught up behind Hulkenberg. And then, um, yeah, cross-threaded wheel nuts. Not good. Not much more to say, really. Um, but pretty good. Better than expected to finish ahead of both racing balls, ahead of both Haas, ahead of both Williams. Joe Guanyu did a good job. Needs more drives like that to maintain his F1 future, I think. Oh, you're looking directly into the camera, mate. I think you just did, didn't you? Okay, Aston Martin. Ooh, bit of a lonely race for Fernando. Um, I think he was saying, you know, P6 quali was a bit of an overachievement, almost. And Stroll to come back through, you know. Like, honestly, a really good drive from Lance, actually. To recover through, he had a good Bahrain last year as well. Maybe this is just a track that he that he works on, you know. Maybe, but yeah, very good drive from Lance, Fernando. Kind of, that's just where they are. They're just fifth best. They're they're the new they're the new kind of uncanny valley mid mid team. They can occasionally get up there in qualifying, but it doesn't seem like they have the race pace. So hopefully they've got some upgrades coming because it was quite an underwhelming. Yeah, Marion. It was an underwhelming weekend for Aston Martin, broadly speaking, wasn't it? See, Stroll was, what, P12 in quality as well. So went out in Q2. Um, any drive going from last to points would get all kinds of praise, but it's Lance. Yeah, Ryan, I, I agree. It deserves, deserves big praise for sure. Obviously, the Aston Martin is quicker than a lot of these cars at the back, and he spun out on the first lap as well. But there was no safety car to help him either. There was no um, there was no VSC either. All twenty drivers 
finished. So, yeah, you know what? Big up stroll. Great drive. Fernando just did his thing. Just a hard one to really get to say much about Aston Martin. Aston Midtin. Aston Mark Mid. Hmm. They're pretty mid at the minute, aren't they? McLaren? McLaren were, again, just a bit of a nothing race. Piastri was giving Lando something to think about at the start, which was quite exciting. On that first lap, he was sending a few little kind of dive bombs, which was pretty cool, but they kept it clean. And Lando just had a... I was hoping Lando was going to reel in George and give us something at the end. It was kind of frustrating as well. That's kind of why this race, you know, could have been... There was a few battles we that we were kind of teased, but we didn't ultimately get. You know, you had Russell, Norris, you had Hamilton, Norris, you had Science Perez. These were all battles that, oh, they were like fairly close, but never quite, never quite materialized. Actually, I think Piastri, Piastri did a really good job up to that pit stop. He's... That gap to Lando, he was pretty steady at two and a half seconds. I think he crept up to like three and a half. But that was, you know, compared to last year where he would be dropping, you know, two tenths a lap to Lando. That was a lot better from Oscar. The pit stop wasn't great. His front left was slow. And then he just desperately tried to defend from Lewis. But Lewis kind of had him all day, to be fair. He would have probably got him into the, the second DRS zone anyway. If Piastri had held on ahead of Lewis, that would have been interesting. That would have been a good deal of scrap, I think. Um, but I think Lewis probably would have ended up finishing ahead of him anyway. And yeah, yeah, Piastri had cold tyres. But again, if if he did, you know, that pit stop had been half a second quicker, you know, he he would have been a bit less compromised into that corner and could have maybe defended a bit more into the next. But ultimately, I think better than expected from McLaren, given that. Bahrain is never a track they run well at. It's too much low speed. Suzuka's round four this year. So that's one to look out for. But obviously they've got an upgrade as well coming, I think, for Miami. Um, and as street tracks go, that's quite medium speedy um, in some places anyway. Miami with the S's and that. So yeah, pr pretty pretty good. Pretty good for McLaren. Jeddah's high speed, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, kind of Jeddah sits in the middle, isn't it? Because... There are some high-speed corners, but there are some very low-speed as well. It's a bit of a mixed bag, is Jeddah. But yeah, well done, McLaren. Pretty good, all things considered. Mercedes didn't put enough cooling louvers in the car. Um, that's what George was kind of saying after. Anyway, they, they covered over some cooling louvers. They thought they could get away with it. They couldn't, which compromised them massively. And I guess that's part of the... You know, when I look at the two teams that would next after Red Bull were Ferrari and Mercedes. You know, that gap George to Max at the end, you know, if, if George isn't having to lift and coast, if he isn't having to cool the car, that gap is obviously going to be smaller. You had obviously Lewis's seat break as well, um, and he was having to cool the car. Mercedes and Ferrari both had issues. So that 22 and a half second gap would it have been less if Mercedes and Ferrari had no issues? Yes, it would have been less. Would it have been in single figures? Probably not. But it would have been less than it was. So, yeah, Mercedes, a few a few little issues for them. 
but really good quality from George. He picked the right setup. I think Lewis Lewis did close the gap quite a bit by the end. Um but but yeah, at the end of the day it wasn't Russell definitely won out this weekend. He picked the right setup in quality and stayed ahead in the race. And what? Four points more than Oh yeah, the battery as well, wasn't it? Yeah, a battery battery Overheating engine, broken seat for Lewis. Not what you expect from a team as established and well-drilled as Mercedes, but I predicted Mercedes fourth for a reason. This is a new car concept, and it's it's going to take a while for them to get on top of it. But they've got two elite drivers, so time will tell. Time will tell. Um, Ferrari? Ferrari, again, let's do a little poll. Let's do a little poll. So, without his brake issues, would Leclerc have finished ahead of Perez? I want to know what you think. Because obviously at the start, you know, Leclerc held on to P2... But then when George got past Leclerc, that was, for me, I was very surprised then. I was like, hmm, that, that doesn't seem right. Why is George Russell passing Charles Leclerc? And then, obviously, we started to hear about the brake issues and he kept locking up and then science got past him. Well, Checo got past him, then science got past him. You know, Science had the thing is as well, like science had a, a clean seemed to have a clean race. He seemed to be happy with the car. Um and he still finished behind Perez, but then he also started behind Perez. But his pace was pretty much equal to Perez at the end, although there weren't Perez is on the soft, science on the hard. So hard to really compare too much, but I think Leclerc, you know, Leclerc felt like he had the legs, not just from in qualifying, but if, if not for that issue then in the race because by the time it cleared up that gap was pretty solid your split as well without his brake issues would Leclerc have finished ahead of Perez 45% of you think yes 55% of you think no without his brake issues would he have finished ahead of Perez I think he probably would in my opinion I think he would have. I think that Charles is very racy at Bahrain. He's very good at Bahrain. He knows how to defend at Bahrain. You know, we saw him scrapping with Max in 22, playing all the DRS kind of chicken games. Max was falling for it. Like, Charles, I think Charles would have put up a stout defence against Perez. I don't think Perez would have had enough of a pace advantage to get a move done. I think Charles, as long as Ferrari, you know, and their Ferrari's pit stops were good, they did some 2.2s because they're good at pit stops and operations now, Ferrari. They kind of are. I think I think he probably would have finished ahead in my opinion. But obviously it's very close. It's very tight. Very, very, very. Very good. <clears throat> Bro, you look hot. Now I'm actually really cold. My hands are freezing. My hands are freezing. Science. Did science have brake issues? I didn't hear anything from science about brake issues, but I wouldn't be surprised. If one car's got it, typically the other's probably struggling as well. Um, but yeah, pretty good from Ferrari. 
all things considered, without the issues, I think they'll be I think they'll be more competitive uh, in Saudi relative to the Red Bulls, in my opinion, for sure. So finally, Red Bull racing. Max Verstappen does his thing once again. And yeah, look, Checo was a long way behind Max, which obviously it wasn't punished this weekend. But having that kind of gap to your teammate will be punished in subsequent weekends. Perez got to Q3 and he, what, he was fifth in quality. Um, he said he made a mistake, so it could have been better. I did expect going into this weekend he would have a good weekend. I expected a Perez podium. Bahrain, he runs pretty well typically. Obviously, he had his amazing Sakir um, race in when he was at um, Force India in Bahrain. It's a lot of low-speed corners, which typically suit him better. It's a track like Japan. Uh, round four Suzuka is going to be a big test for Perez. Because I worry, I worry for him around a track like that. I think Bahrain, he's good. But yeah, I mean, Max, there's always going to be like some belief that, oh, maybe they're not going to absolutely hit the ground running uh, this year and actually give us, a, give us a competitive battle at the front, which ultimately we always want that. But wow. You know, I, I think that gap was definitely, it was definitely helped by the issues that Mercedes and Ferrari had, for sure. Uh, I think that the size of that gap did was inflated by other teams having issues. I think if Ferrari and Mercedes had clean weekends, it wouldn't have been a 22-second gap. It probably would have been like a 12-second gap, which is still significant, but like, yeah. Big statement of intent from Red Bull. Big statement of intent from Max Verstappen. So, we'll see. But of course, if you haven't, in fact, let me get, um, let me find, I'm sure someone's posted the article somewhere. Um, I think motorsport.com did. Yeah, that's, uh, finds the article. Um, where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Oh, no, it's not that one. That's just a comment from Christian. And that's that. Where is it? Here we go. <clears throat> Josephus Appen says the rebel team could explode, saying it's in danger of being torn apart if Christian Horner stays as team boss. So, Jos has gone on record against Christian Horner which is pretty, pretty significant, pretty significant. And thank you, uh, Lino, by the way, for Super Chat. Max was just cruising half the race, so the cap could have been, the gap could have been way bigger. It's a good point, Lino. Although he was, mm, I don't think that's in Max's nature to just chill, but. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Yoss is uh, cat amongst the pigeons. He's very much. It felt like um, this weekend. Obviously, Christian was there with Jerry, and it felt very much like there was. You know, you had the owners there as well, and the Uvidges that Christian was kind of standing with, kind of awkwardly, but whatever. Um, 
and it did feel like there was a there was a statement of 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 solidarity was being projected right call that pr whatever you want right was being projected him with the vidyas and jerry being there with christian and just being like we're just focusing on the racing blah 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 and just kind of now obviously yoss has put this statement out it that is the first kind of yeah that's that's pretty bold right because you got to wonder i don't know i think it's very interesting to me the whole verstappen you know dynamic because you know yoss is always there you know how much of that is max wanting yoss to be there how much of that is him just being there getting involved i don't know but it's a um yeah, that, that certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons. So who knows now? Obviously, if you've got Jos Verstappen coming out actively saying, you know, get Christian out, how much weight does his word carry? Well, I don't think it carries a huge amount with Red Bull GmbH or Red Bull Racing, but obviously it carries weight with Max himself. But, you know, Max is a grown adult. He can think for himself and... I don't know. Very interesting. Very strange. Very prolonging this kind of situation that's just a messy, horrible situation that is not good for the sport and does not reflect well on on those involved. But there you go. <clears throat> Yoss denied that he said this. Well, I mean, it's been reported by a lot of big media outlets, which typically means they've got receipts. So... If they've got receipts, they've got receipts. If they don't, they don't. So, I don't know. If you've got the big media outlets reporting it, then they wouldn't surely report it without receipts. Otherwise, you're asking for, you know, you're asking for legal difficulties, aren't you? But there you go. Right, anyway, I think we're done. Thank you all for coming along. Thank you all for joining for the uh, post-race gym mic. We've been going for just over an hour, which is about right. 2024. This weekend, Saudi Grand Prix, another Saturday race uh, because Ramadan, of course. So, yeah, doing the same again. Pre-race Chimwag probably will be on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll do that Wednesday because practice Thursday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wednesday, pre-race Chimwag. I'll try and have a video out on Tuesday as well. Got a few ideas. Oh! You lot of goods. You lot of goods. I almost forgot about the brand new section. Well, also F1 Fantasy, by the way. Didn't do very good. 141 points for me. Charles, uh, 22. George, 20. Fernando, I put double, but he only got seven points, so that's 14. Ferrari got good points for me, but no. No, I almost forgot. Formula 2. <laughs> I've not, I've not done this section in the post-race before. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I did actually forget. And then a bunch of you posted F2 in the chat. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've actually done graphics for F2. That would have been so annoying if I'd just wrapped this up and completely forgotten all these graphics that I spent time doing. So <laughs> here are how the Formula 2 standings sit after rounds 1 and 2. Bahrain are complete. Zayn Maloney, double win. Only the fifth driver to win sprint 
and feature back to back since Formula Two was became Formula Two, I guess. Uh, Pepe Marti, twenty four points. Really good weekend for Pepe Marti, rookie. As you can see, I've got the R's next to the rookies. Uh, Paul Aaron as well, dropped by Mercedes, but comes into F2 and gets 19 points in his debut weekend. Gabriel Bortoletto, McLaren driver, 15. Zacho Sullivan, Bortoletto was F3 champion, by the way, as well. Zacho Sullivan as well, very impressed by him. Massively outscores his way more experienced teammate. Um, Zacho Sullivan, rookie, 14 points. Jack Crawford, Eight points, the American. Uh, Colapinto, the Williams young driver, Argentinian, eight points. Kushmini could have, should have been on pole, really. Got that pole taken off him. Had an issue with the with the floor or something, wasn't it? It got damaged on the curb, and that meant it failed scrutineering, which uh, which sucks for him because he was doing a great job. Halga, Dennis Halga, six points on the board. And Isaac Hadjar got spun around by Bortoletto in the feature race. You know, was 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 P two coming out of turn one, but got just tapped and stinker for Hajar because he was having a really good weekend as well up to that point. Five points in the sprint and would have been a good chunk of points in the uh, feature as well. Got Roden thirty eight points, Campos twenty nine, Invictor twenty one, Hitech nineteen, ART fourteen, MP fourteen, Dams eight, Prima one, Trident zero, PHN zero. There was an there is another team. I'm just putting top 10. <clears throat> um, look, bangers and clangers for me. First weekend, obviously, banger drive Zane Maloney. You can't ignore that. Incredible drive from Zane. Just looked poised, measured, really good start um, in both races as well. Just held on, looked good. Clanger drive of Goncourt-Deal. Um, his contact with Behrman was really weird. He just kind of drove into him just without even looking qualified badly, whatever. Banger team, Campos, I've given it Campos. Um, you had Hadjar and Marty, both did an incredible job. Hadjar was super unlucky. If Hadjar doesn't get spun out, they're on the most points ahead of Rodin because Miata didn't have the best first. wasn't terrible by any stretch, but he got a few points, did, um, did Miata. But could have been better. I think Campos nailed it for sure. Clanger team, Prima, absolutely nowhere. Behrman and Antonelli were nowhere this weekend. Antonelli did recover, got a few points in the feature race. Uh, Behrman could have recovered a bit better, but obviously that contact with Cordille damaged his uh, front wing end plate, which he just dropped off like, a, like crazy. He was like 12 seconds off of the back of, right towards the end. So Oli had damage. But Prima put them two in a terrible position this weekend. Like nowhere near the top ten in qualifying. They were like a second back. So deep, they seem to recover somewhat in the future race for sure. Again, Anthony got a point. Um, but damn, Prima really clanged this weekend. Uh, Prima are one of the most decorated team in F two, if not the most decorated team in F two. So, but it's just humans, and humans can make mistakes. So. There you go. There you go. This shows that whoever thinks the car doesn't matter in spec series is delusional. And look, Quartz, that's the thing, right? I, I don't necessarily think that F2 does enough to educate the audience on how much of a difference a good team makes to a not-so-good team. 
but it's understanding and setup. You look at, uh, you know, you would you would be forgiven for looking at, and I think this is the case for a lot of spec series as well. It's the same with like IndyCar when it, when you're running the same chassis, you would you would just look at it and be like, oh, all the cars are the same, so everyone's got exactly equal opportunity. But the team still plays a huge role. I think that should be more more communicated. Uh, no, what was Christian's old? His oh, it was. I can't remember. Fred started ART. Fred Vasseur started ART, and Christian started. It's not one of these ones. It's not. It's not one of the ten on the group. What was it? What what team was it that Christian started? Which junior team? Arden. That's it. Adrian. Arden. Arden. Yep. Rosaline. Berserk, Arden, yes it was, Arden, but they're not about anymore, I think they rebranded time ago. Right, anyway, we are done, actually done this time, so thank you all for coming, don't forget to like the stream slash post VOD slash five star on all good audio, audio only platforms, and I will see you on Tuesday for an upload, Wednesday for the pre-rash chimera for the 2024 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. So I'll see you then. Thank you all for coming. I appreciate you all taking the time. Thank you for enabling me to do what I do. I couldn't do it without you. Thank you very much. But, but there's not really any t-shirts left, but if there's one in your size, there's like mediums and that small and extra small, but there's like four left. So buy one. Bye. <laughs>